You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. What is going on? What up, what up, what up? Nothing much. It's the end of the year. Yep. Super (laughs) pumped. It doesn't feel like the end of the year. I think because I was in Australia for three weeks and I came back and it was like, it was Christmas right away. Yeah. And or whatever holiday you celebrate, but for me it's Christmas. Anyway, nobody heard that story. What was I doing there? Yeah. Yeah. So I talked about it a little bit on my stories. I moved out of my place in Venice right before Thanksgiving. I was just kind of over the spot that I was in. I was there for about two and a half years. It was a great little spot. Just felt like I needed to change, wanted to get out of Venice. And so I was like, you know what? I've lived in Sydney the last four years for an extended period of time, like three weeks, four weeks. So I said, you know what? It's summertime there. I want to go. And packed up all my stuff, put it in storage, went to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, and then just went to Sydney for three weeks. And I told the dude that I was dating, that that I am dating, that I'm going. And he has a job that has some flexibility in it. So he was able to get some days off and came for the whole 18 days with me. Or yes, it was 20 days. So fun. You guys had so many. You know, I was trying, I was, my intention was to work a little bit more and I just didn't end up doing that. You don't so. need to. You know, we need breaks, especially December. It feels like. The last episode I did, I talked about the solo I did. I kind of talked about taking breaks and I got this kind of message when I went to this like counselor lady and she was talking about the seasons and how the earth, like everything dies in the winter and stops. Like in the spring, it's supposed to produce and you've got all the flowers and everything's blooming and animals are having babies. But in the winter, it's just time to like hibernate and relax. And I think I'm going to start doing that myself more like December, just take more of a downtime. So I'm really glad that you did. I was like, well, you know, Bill Gates takes off the entire month of December. I think that's a good idea. I'm going to start implementing that. That's my new, that's my resolution for 2019. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we wanted to talk today a little bit about not resolutions. Maybe we'll do that another episode on that, but kind of our lesson yeah. from 2018 because it was a little wrap up. It was an interesting year. It was an interesting year in that it was a very different year yeah. for both of us than previous years have been. Yeah. The last 2016 was a f- crazy year. 2017 for me was kind of an extension of that and starting to calm down. And then this year was, I can't label it as like a bad year or a good year. Right. I think it was just like, a ve- that was a perfect word. It was a very different year for me. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media this week. People being like, it was such a hard year, you know, in so many ways. And I think, I don't know about you, but I feel like 
I've said that so many times. You know, like I remember back and like, I remember reading a blog of mine that was like, 2013 was the hardest year of my life. And then it was like, 2015 was the hardest year of my life. And then like 2016 was awful. But I always had like an uplifting turnaround. And the thing that was the most different for me this year was like, it wasn't bad. Like nothing about it was hard, really. There were definitely struggles and frustrations and things like that. And we could talk more about that. But it was like, it was overall like not a struggle town year for me. And that was, it's weird to say that because I think we can always focus on the negative. And I was like, it was actually like a pretty fucking chill year. As as you were saying that, I'm like thinking back going, yeah, it really was. I started this year, literally kind of how you're ending this year. I moved out of my apartment. I sold this few amount of furniture things I had and left the rest with the roommate and I moved out December 27th because the new girl was going to move in and so January 1 I think we were we went to Malibu for our New Year's Eve and I think January 1 or January 2 I rented a car a minivan put the rest of my stuff and drove to Las Vegas and put all my stuff in my parents house and I started the year not having a home for two months and my goal actually was not live anywhere January, February, because we had a lot of stuff coming on. I had a, a mastermind in January that was in Vegas. Jill and I went to Sundance Film Festival. Like, there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to pay rent in LA. And I thought, well, March, I'll get a new a new place. And then I kept traveling. And then I kept traveling in April. And then I kept traveling. And I was like, by July, I was going, maybe I'll just take the rest of the year. And, not, and then I took the stress off of myself because I kept thinking, I need to find a place to go. And then it was around July, August. I was like, you know what? I'm just taking the rest of the year and I'm not going to live anywhere yep but it's weird because started. it was very much like not knowing what was going to happen and, and you have i'm probably getting a lot of what you got last year which is what are you doing where are you going to yeah. be like yeah. every single person is like well where are you going to live and i'm i think it's hard to answer that it's hard to answer and like you have kind of like a home base because you have your parents are in vegas and there's yeah. a lot of conferences here and stuff like that and you were only here for like a week or two at a time yeah. and then you were off to the next thing i don't really have like a home base yeah. but I think it's so much more possible because we've had people reach out to us and say like that they're interested in becoming nomadic or doing something like that. And, and you obviously know better than I do, but like, I just feel like with something like Airbnb, like I put all my stuff in storage and everything that I need, I can fit in my car. And so with something like Airbnb that comes furnished, I just feel like if I need that, that can be an interim. If I want to be in LA still, if I want to be out here in Vegas, I just feel really resistant to signing a 12 month lease for some reason, Yeah, which is odd considering things were way more up in the air (laughs) three years ago than they are now. Yeah. That was actually, I'm glad you said that because I totally forgot why my big thing was I didn't want to sign a 12 month. I just felt like it was, I don't know if I got commitment issues I definitely, you have, okay, know. I definitely have commitment issues, but <laughs> I didn't want to sign a 12-month lease. So I moved out of my apartment in August. I got a month-to-month with a roommate. And the reason I moved in with him, like we're like, okay, it's month-to-month. He actually lived in my old building and both of our leases kind of came up and our, our property manager was being weird. So I moved in with this guy that I only really knew him from the dog park. and But he was great. And I it was month-to-month and I was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And I was just terrified to do a 12-month lease. I don't. I just, I felt like things might come up or opportunities might come up. And I like, what if I have, what if I, what if I got to go? I yeah. don't know. I, <laughs> what if I, gotta go? I, I didn't have to go anywhere, but it was amazing because I realized that 2018. So my, you guys all know divorced, we had two dogs and I had the dogs for a little while. Then I kind of told the ex like he needed to take them because I was traveling and I came back to Vegas for a week at a time, like once in February, I think, or once in, sorry, once in March and once in April. And I, I brought Peanut back, my dog. 
and to the house and she ended up dying in June, but it was also, it was one of these things where I was like, well, I don't have any person to go home to and I don't have any dogs to, t- to take care of or go home to. So why don't I take this time in my life? This might be the only time that I ever am single and have the freedom and the flexibility to not have to be anywhere, take care of anything or any person. Yep. And so I was like, I might as well take advantage of it. And I don't want to look back at this year or this time of my life and go, dang, I could have done a lot of traveling. I could have done a lot of things, but now I can't because I have a you know person or I have another pet or yep. something like that. So it was kind of a year of freedom for me. Yeah. And also a lot of uncomfortable like questions. So I think too, right before this happened, I had the question of like, if you could live anywhere, where would you go? And I think people answer all these things like Hawaii or Bora Bora. And I was like, ah, I actually could go anywhere. And would I choose Los Angeles? And so that's kind of where the questioning started. And I thought, maybe I'll try some places. So I went to Nashville for three weeks. I went to Boise for three weeks. I went to Phoenix off and on. I went to Austin. I just like tried out places. And I can't say I'm really attached to any places. I do know there's places I don't want to live. But it was like an exploratory free year for me. Yeah. And I think for most people, that would be very anxiety producing. I think you and I both have an autonomy button, though, that always needs to be like fulfilled on some level. So, you know, I tend to think about most people are either more like certainty driven versus other people are more autonomy driven. And I think at least for me, when I first moved to L.A., everything else with my relationship was so up in the air that I ended up really needing the certainty and the comfortability of my own place and my business. Those are like the two things I felt like I could control. It's like, okay, I have a lease. I'm doing this. It feels real. Now I don't, I, I think it's a culmination of trusting myself for the last few years that has gotten me to a place where like, I don't, this is not stressful to me. I don't need the certainty of having, yeah. uh, signing a 12 month lease and like living somewhere forever. Like, and so, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I think one of the things that I wrote down for me, for, as a lesson for this year was for the the first few year or like last I don't know two three years there was very much like a I don't know like a um but it's kind of the reason why we started this podcast the best life podcast because like there were so many moments where we would look at each other and just go like what is this life like what is this like so many just what the fuck moments and like twilight zone moments and hilarious moments that like we would end up someplace with some random people and go like what is this life? Like, I never could have imagined this like five years ago, 10 years ago. And we would always send each other memes, right? We'd send each other memes, like ones that are like, no offense to me, but what the fuck am I doing? And like stuff like that, right? Or like everything's blowing up around us and we're just like, it's fine. And a huge shift for me is like, that's not my mentality Mm -hmm. anymore. But it was for like so many years, I was just like, everything felt like it was just blowing up around me and I'm just trying to like hold it down and I'm just trying to like hold on for dear life this past year is the first year since the divorce that I have felt solid. Yeah. I didn't feel like things were just like blowing up all around me. I was holding on for dear life. I felt like I had to fucking hold on stuff. I- I'm glad you mentioned that. I forgot we were always sending each other. And I remember at the beginning of the year or maybe spring-ish, sometimes I would tag you on one and you're like, yeah, but that's not you anymore or, or vice versa. And it yep. was like, I was like, I know, but this was It's us. still hilarious. Yeah, I was like, this is funny, but it was like, it was starting to shift where it was like, this actually isn't, it's funny, but it's not I don't identify relatable. with it. Yeah. I don't identify it, with like moment to moment anymore. It used to be like so relatable, but yep. we got to a place where, and 
we haven't sent each other anything like that in a long time. It's always like hilarious. They always say each other like other oh, funny. Like, you just you just evolve. Yeah. But it, yeah. It, for me, one of the hugest shifts things. was from like the what the fuck mentality yeah. to like, I got this. Like yeah. I'm good. You know, like I think I got this. So I think a big shift, and I we talked about this before for both of us. I just ended up writing a thank you note to my. I was in a mastermind. Well, Jill and I were in a mastermind last year with uh, Cole Hatter from Thrive. And I just wrote a thank you note. I'm not in the mastermind this year and I wanted to send it to him. And what I got out of that mastermind, well, the reason we got into the mastermind and well, for my reason, I think part of it was to uplevel my business. Um, I felt like I needed to get ahead and um, make more money. And like everybody's like yep. crushing seven figures and they're, you know, it's just like this aggressive mentality. I mean, we yep. went to we went to 10X Growth Con and literally this guy, basically in not so exact words, <laughs> he was pretty much like, if you're not making seven figures by in 40 days from now, you're a fucking loser. It's like, whoa. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just like that kind of mentality of if you don't, if you're not making six figures a day, then what are you doing with your life? And right. you need to be grinding and you're not working hard enough and you're not out there selling. And so we are around that. And because are, we're around it. And we see it so much. I think it just was like, oh my gosh, maybe we need to do more. We need to make more. And during the mastermind, January was a little different. Jill was at her other mastermind with Lewis. And then we had another one in May. May. And Cole like kind of stopped the whole, kind of stopped like all the talks. And he was like, look, there's a lot of people in this room who are making a lot of money and they are not happy. And he said like, you've been Something about like you've been climbing up a mountain. It's, it was a metaphor it, of like you got to the top of the mountain. Yeah. You're making seven figures, multiple yep. seven figures, but you, you look over and you climb the wrong mountain. Yeah. And it was like, I just remember Jill, like she's kind of sitting in front of me. She looked back and she was like, have you ever really done anything that you don't want to do or you don't love? And I was like, no. And this lesson was like, we couldn't relate to the lesson. We couldn't relate. He was talking to everybody and we had, Jill and I had people coming up to us like, how do you blog? And how do you start a blog? <laughs> I was like, what? It's 2018. What are you doing? They're making so much more money than us. Like literally ridiculous. And they're asking us how to do... How to start a lifestyle blog. Yeah. Like how to start a blog and how to do Instagram. And we're like... And YouTube. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was weird because they were looking at our lifestyle as aspirational. And we were looking on the other side and... It kind of evolved through the year. I didn't really, it didn't quite hit me as much then. But as I started reflecting back on this year and the last couple of weeks, I realized, and I, one of the reasons I had a conversation with a friend who has got a shit ton of money and he said, he's sitting in his penthouse all alone because his marriage is failing. And he's like, I'm not happy. And I was like, you know what? Jill and I are doing something right. Maybe we're not making, you know, $20,000 a day, <laughs> but like we have good friendships, we have relationships and we're doing something that we love and we're passionate about. So that was just big for me. That was huge. That was definitely one of mine too. I wrote that down was the idea that, you know, for me, it was never a question because it's always been lifestyle first. Yeah. I think that was a huge shift from personal training, all the hours that we were training. I started prioritizing time over money and that was a huge shift and I, the money came later, but it was a kind of a risk at first. And so I think you and I have always kind of prioritized lifestyle and also passion and excitement. You know, like the idea that uh, I'm going to create a business or I'm going to do something that I'm not excited about. I'd rather just go and get a regular job because then at least I can 
you know, just leave the job and not have the resp- any more responsibility, right? Like I wouldn't be doing this 24-7. But if this is your baby, and you know, it's interesting because we do know people in our industry who don't just go with their passion and excitement. They go with, quote, what works. Mm-hmm. They go, right yeah, and they'll look at us and go, well, why aren't you just posting what works on Instagram? It's side by sides and, you know, infographics and swipe videos and stuff like that. And it's like, cool, if it like is relevant, then we'll post that. If it's like applicable and we're excited about it, we'll post that. But the idea that we're we're gonna not go off that like we're not gonna go off that path because yeah. it's quote not working. Yep. I don't know. I've always just prioritized to like the authentic yep. excitement, passion, momentum piece. And I have too. And I've always I mean, I've literally changed I mean, like I dropped my old brand, the Sweaty Buddies, because I wasn't, I just wasn't passionate. And meanwhile, you had a huge brand. I did. And it it was, there were so many things that I could continue to make money with it and I can continue, but I just couldn't. But I did get into that headspace of, well, I have this, I should be monetizing it more. And so I felt like there was something wrong with me. I felt like I was doing things wrong. I felt like I wasn't good enough to be in this club with all these people. But that was the other lesson I had actually was... I'm sitting in the same room with these people. I'm friends with these people. I'm going, you know, I could literally pick up the phone and I have in my phone at least a dozen plus people who are million dollar earners who are friends or who could message me back. And I'm going, why does it matter if I am? It doesn't, if they see value in me as a friend, I was like decreasing my own value by thinking, well, I'm not good enough to hang out with them. I'm like, first off, nobody's checking anybody's bank account. So who knows? A lot of them. And a lot of it's perception and smoke and mirrors, which we can tell you guys. Totally, totally. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of that. But I was like feeling bad. Like I wasn't worthy enough to be around those people. And then I started to realize, like looking around at my friends and who enjoys my company. And I was like, they're not, people aren't hanging around with me because of how much money I make. They're hanging around with me because I make them laugh or they feel comfortable with me. And that was huge for me as well because I was starting to feel like I wasn't good enough to be in those circles. And like, I just felt, yeah, like almost not worthy. Yeah. I agree. I think it's really easy to get caught up in because it feels like such a benchmark to be honest. Like, you know, I think it's, it's, it's like, okay, cool. Seven figures is here. Like it's, and Jill Fit does really well. And I know that your brand has done really well too. It's like, it's done really well, but I didn't make seven figures in 2018, Mm -hmm. you know, which when I started 2018, it was like, oh, it's a seven figure year. Yeah. We came very close, but it was not, it was the most successful it's been up to date. But for some reason that number. Yeah was like a status thing almost for me. And then I'm looking at it like, what do I actually love doing? Mm-hmm. And it's like writing, it's creating, it's which is why a lot of my, and we'll maybe talk about this in a future episode, a lot of my goals for 2019 are vastly different than they were last year. Yeah. And you and I, I think both experience wanting to surround ourselves with different types of people, like different, like more creatives, less like hard hitting, more based on like lifestyle, yeah. creative you know, just people making a difference. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, you know, people making seven figures, they're making a huge difference, yep. but I think that can't be the goal. Yeah. I, I think it can't be the goal. I, a big thing for my mastermind this year when I was taking applications was I really wanted to work with women who, yes, want to make a bigger income, but more than anything, make a bigger impact. And so every woman that I talked to was like, I have this goal. I want to help other women do this. And I go, yes, yes. Like that's what I want. That's what I want to be around. And I do believe the money will come or not. Actually, it's it can or it might not. But I, you're not attached to it. Yeah. It's like it's you don't need to be attached. The podcast, I mean, 
I'm in a podcast group and some people were, there was a thread that said, uh, how long did you guys do your podcast before you made money? And so everybody was like, five years or you don't do it for the money. And to be honest, and I have somebody DM me or message me on Facebook. She's like, I want to know how you're making money. What are you doing? Is it from the podcast? But the podcast doesn't make any money. In fact, it's costing us money, to be honest, because <laughs> we still owe, we still owe our editor money. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but it's a passion. And I think it will turn into something very lucrative, but that's not the point. It's not the point. It's and I not think the point. No, and it will because we're creating an asset. Yeah. I think that's one of the things you have to trust and that you really have to in any business, right? Like you and I both, we talked about this before, didn't get into online fitness business because we want to get rich. In no. fact, like we were like, oh, people like can pay you money. Like it was surprising to me that people would pay me to do what I love. I was just blogging every single day. Like I know you were just giving so much of your time and energy. And like, I remember just even getting any money was like, I was blown away. And I think what I'm seeing now, and this is a generalization, but I'm seeing now, I think because of marketing, a lot of people are getting into the online space uh, either out of desperation and misery because they hate their full-time job. So it's like, oh my God, I hate my job. I have to get online so I can make this money. And I'm like, you're not going to be able to quit your six-figure job within a year. Like you're probably not going to, maybe if you're an absolute rock star, but that's not going to be the norm. And so managing people's expectations, I think is really important. And I kind of hate to say that because I know there's someone right behind me ready to take your money and promise you to make six figures in three months. Mm -hmm. In my experience, that's not the case. If you want to have a you and I have talked a lot about business tenacity. You and I have both been doing this for like eight or nine years yep. and making like Jill, if it was a six figure business with it in 2011. So we've been doing this a long time. Yep. And I think you can't have that type of longevity if you don't love it. Literally the only compliance tool that I've had up until this point has been passion. Yep. That's it. And that the passion piece, I think is another big lesson of 2018 was going back to the passion. Like, what was I doing this for? Cause I got a little distracted. Yeah. I remember I got this. distracted by people in LA. I got distracted by, you know, the bragging about how much money is being made. I got distracted by who's doing what. And it was kind of this return of, well, and it, even in my life, not even just business, it was, I got this question a lot. Well, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? What is it that lights you up. And I asked these questions so many times of what do I want to do? And what do I, who do I want to be? And what do I want to attract? And so it was a big year of just asking myself these questions that I probably didn't ask myself since 2013. So it was like a return to myself. I felt like, and I actually said this in September-ish, I said, I feel like I'm coming back. Like I'm getting myself back. And I feel like I'm getting momentum. And it's like, I am emerging from whatever cocoon I was in from 2016, but it feels really good. It feels really good. And it's, what did I, I said the other, I said that. You said, I'm excited about being excited again. Yes. I was like, I'm excited about being excited again. And you know, if anyone's listening to this and going like, and you know, I know I talk to, and I know you to a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and a lot of people right now, I think probably just because it's December or whatever, are coming to me and saying they're exhausted. They're like, I am exhausted from pushing. And look, if you're going to be doing this like as a living, like forever, you have to find a way to enjoy it. So it can't just be, let me just slot myself into what I think success looks like because that will drain you. Doing something you hate and doing shit that is exhausting to you is going to be the fastest way to drain your energy and to give up, frankly. Yeah. So yes, building in self-care and all that kind of stuff. But I love 
the idea of allowing yourself the ebbs and flows. I think that's an important lesson. And I've gotten that lesson before. I remember the first time I had like kind of creative drought, I was like, I have no ideas. What's happening to me? And then I just go, oh, and now I feel like, and it came back and then it went away again. Then it came back. And like, you know, for, for, you know, you or I to have a three, six month, even like year long, really down cycle where you just don't feel super creative. You don't feel super energized. You don't feel super motivated. It's normal. Like in the grand scheme of like doing this for the next like 20 years, which I hope to be doing, that's okay. That's like, uh, it's just, it's barely anything. So my goal is how do you stay relevant in those times? And you do because you keep showing up. Yep. It's, it's funny because sometimes we do learn these lessons over and over in different ways. There's so many lessons I've learned where I go, yeah, I guess I had to learn that again. Like, <laughs> it for, is a different outfit. Yeah, like it's like thing. same thing, different outfit. Like about, you know, my body was a big one of just learning that I'm not my body and Finally got that one, I think. But you know who? Aging is fucking with me. That's for sure. <laughs> But I think that the lessons of the ebbs and flows this year and the lessons of passion over money, those were really big for me. It was like I needed a reminder, needed a reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it was helpful for me to be in the circles of who I was in circles with and mm-hmm. see that that they would literally admit to me. I wish I was doing what you're doing. And I was like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, what are you talking about? Yep. And asking me for advice on how to live nomadic or asking me for advice on how to build a blog. Some of the things they ask me for advice because I'm going, you're like better than me because you make more money. And it's, it's not about that. It's our value. I think that was a big lesson for me is my value isn't determined by my paycheck. My value isn't determined... And I ultimately know that, but it was a lesson I needed in a different way Mm -hmm. and just a good reminder. And I'm so excited. Like I am excited to be excited again. I'm so excited about next year. And I think the irony is it'll probably be biggest year financially out of just on accident, but I'm so unattached to it. It's not even on the radar. I want to create a lot of things that just make a difference. And I'm feeling more in tune with with what I want to create. I'm feeling more in tune with, you know, you guys Mm -hmm. have been DMing. I get so many messages and the messages help me decide what I think is needed. And that's how I've made every program I've ever created is just like from people's messages going, this is what I'm struggling with. And when I start to see patterns, I go, okay, I have a solution and that's what I'm going to work on. And so that's the, I do think the mindset comes first and the money follows. I think that's kind of the way it works. I love that lesson. And that was kind of a big one for me too. It wasn't so much about like my worth as much as it was, what do I actually want to do? Mm-hmm. What do I want to spend my time doing? Do I want to be in the rat race of like, mm-hmm. who's got the latest and greatest and like, who knows who and like, who's going to this event? Or do I want to really spend time doing the things that light me up in that? And it sounds so stupid. It's like, follow your passion. But like, it really was a return to follow your passion. And I agree. I think we both got a little distracted. I have one other lesson. I don't know if you do. Mine is obviously in the romantic realm. Yeah. So it's definitely, you know, it was interesting. We did the episode on how you trust again after, you know, trust uh, to be in a romantic relationship. And the episode was great. And it was all theory, right? Like it was like you and I were like, well, of course we're going to trust again. And, (laughs) you know, we'd rather do this and that. And, And I truly do believe that. That's like my high level kind of overview. I got my ass kicked in a new relationship from the perspective, not the person, obviously, but from going, okay, Jill, 
it's like you said, remember when you said that you are going to trust someone again? Maybe when you said that you're not scared or even if you're scared, you're still going to do it. There were moments where I wanted to like run away and hide in this new relationship. So for me, it really was a lesson around vulnerability. And a girlfriend of mine just said, you know, like Karis, you said, you're faking it till you make it. And so for me, the lesson has been act as if you are the person you want to be. And I know that moving forward in any relationship, uh, any romantic relationship, whether it's with this person or not, I want to be open, vulnerable, available. I want to like just be all of those things. I want to feel secure. I want to feel safe. I want to do all those things. And in order to become that person, I have to act like someone who's already those things, even though I'm not. So I do feel insecure. I do feel scared of shit. I do feel really scared about feeling vulnerable and all those kind of things. But I'm acting like the person I want to become. Because if it's not this person, it's going to be the next person. So for me, that's probably been definitely one of the biggest lessons was, you know, faking it till I make it, acting as if I'm already. I I want to be the person I was when I met my why are you crying right now? <laughs> I'm staring at Jill tearing up. I cannot believe you're crying right now. Because this is <laughs> so good. I, I just, What you just said, like, act as if the person I want to become, that just freaking hit me. I got, like, goosebumps, like, six times. Like, <laughs> okay, I started bleeding today, all right? <laughs> oh, my God. If you guys oh, could see this, that's hilarious. I, tears <laughs> I, started look- I was looking at you like, is that what I think it is? You're such a weirdo. So it's really, I mean, and also because I've been there with you through it and it's been really, God, I need to dry my eyes. It's been really like, as corny as it sounds, like really beautiful to watch because it's been really hard and it's, there's been, and you've been just pushing through it and every time. Like you, there were so many times where you came to me, you're like, thanks for just for listening to me. And I'm like, I don't even know how you're doing this, to be honest, because I'm struggling with the idea of it. And like you said, we, it was, everything was theory. And then when it comes to like, let's see if you can practice what you preach. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Well, you know, I think that's the difference. We talked about mindset a few weeks ago and like, what does that mean? And I think that awareness is 90% of it, right? So you and I have the insights. We have the tools. We have the strategies. Someone came to us and was like, theoretically, what would you do if you got into another relationship? Like, it's cool. We can like spout off the like evolved response. Awareness is key because you don't have awareness. You don't like, you don't know what to do. So I think awareness is 90% of it. And that last 10% is the fucking hardest. And that is going, can I, when the rubber meets the road and there's a decision here to trust the new person or not, what do you, how do you actually act? What do you actually do in that moment? And so that's, all I've been focused on is like a minute at a time, a day at a time, not focusing on like projecting or anything like that. I'm like, okay, what would someone who is secure, open, vulnerable, and to be honest, who I was when I met my husband, Mm -hmm. that is, I'm like, who, that person, how would they act in this situation? They wouldn't act like a crazy person, check in their phone, ask a bunch of questions. Like, yeah, sure. Every once in a while, I want to do those things because I'm still insecure, but I don't because I'm going, how does someone who is free, open, available, vulnerable, how are they acting? How would, what would they do at this moment? And those little tiny action steps add up yeah. and you start not only trusting the person more, actually, mm-hmm. you start trusting yourself more. So I don't really know what's going on, but I know what my job is yep. in this relationship and or, or any relationship I get into. And so this has been a really amazing, like for lack of a better word, like practice field, you know, to, to move in that direction because I know that I want to be that person again. And so, yeah, that's, that was a huge lesson for me. And like, it's fucking, I still don't know what it's going to be. 
but I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I need I'm in the thick of it. I need that reminder in my phone. So I actually did think of one more. Um, I don't know if you noticed I started wearing this ring on my ring I just saw it, yeah. Did I wear it before you left? Okay. No. So I have been thinking about it for a while, about buying myself a ring as a reminder to commit to myself. And, you know, I think you're, a wedding ring is a signal, a symbol of commitment to another person. And I started thinking, I need to actually commit to me first. So I was telling my friend about it. I said, I was thinking about buying myself a ring and I, because I want to commit to me. And she happened to have this, you know, one of these halo rings, I think. And she goes, here, why don't you have this? Because I just got it. And she gave it to me and I haven't taken it off since. And it's been, I don't need the remind, I mean... I shouldn't say that. It's been helpful for me because when I do look down at it, it does actually remind me. And because I know people will ask me, why are you wearing that? And if I state it over and over, it for me, it just becomes a belief. It's like an affirmation. If anybody asks, I get to say it because I'm committing to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean, committing to yourself? It means like sticking with what I know, not getting dragged into something that I'm not um, feeling good about, mm-hmm. not uh, selling out for the dollars. It's just all of those things. So I had been thinking about it for a while. I had, I actually had taken my wedding ring to a pawn shop and they were only going to give me like 150 bucks. So I took, I, you know, I kept it and I was going, I was looking at other rings and I'm going, you know, I could really use a thousand dollars on something else instead of a stupid ring. And so when my friend gave me that, I said, yeah, I'm just going to wear this. And so for me, it was this year, it was really, it was throughout the year. Cause I had been thinking about it. I'm not sure when, maybe April, but it, I had just brought it up again, actually to Amy, who we're going to see tomorrow. She's the one who gave it to me. And I just needed that. And I don't know when I'll take it off. I think in in other ways as well, it's also a deterrent from men who I don't want in my life at the moment. Like if they see it and they think I'm married, good, then <laughs> I can stay that way. It's fine. <laughs> but I just realized that I need to commit to me because if I expect anyone else to commit to me, if I expect... To if I expect other people to hold me to a high standard, I have to first do that for myself. Mm, so that's that. been my little, that's my ring. That's why I'm wearing it. I love that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I forgot because I haven't seen you in a damn I month. I know, it's been a month. <laughs> um, I love all those lessons. I feel like there's a lot of overlap that we have. And, you know, obviously whenever we talk about lessons, there's like the business lessons, there's the, you know, there's the relationship lessons, there's uh, career stuff and things and health stuff, whatever. But that's all I have. It's been a big year. It has been It's a been big a year. super different year and it's been really good on the whole. So I'm not going to be one of those people on Instagram being like, this was one of the hardest years of my life. I already had a couple of those. I'm good for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, one of my, one of the things that I always remember was my ex, my baby daddy who had my daughter with me. He was into Taoism and he talked about the yin and yang. And he said, there is always an equal amount of bad as good, like the white and the black. And so I remember going through the hard times, like the really, really hard times that I was going, this is so sucky. That means that there's going to be something so amazing coming for me. And so I do believe we went through some hard ass times. So we have some really good times coming and that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think we've already seen some of that, but I think it's just going to get better. Yeah. So, and I just want to say that to anybody else who's maybe going through a struggle, like if you're going through a really hard ass struggle, it means you're going to have a badass awesome time at some point because it has to balance out and maybe I just tell myself that to get through it but sometimes you do have to tell yourself that and I just want to believe it I think if you believe it that it 
it does happen because it's a perception thing too, right? Like, yeah. you know, you and I could certainly try to, we could focus on all the bad stuff and go, wow, this is like a terrible year. And I do think, you know, it's relative. But I agree. If you're listening to this and you're going through some hard stuff and you are one of those people being like, damn, this was like one of the hardest years. We've had a lot of people who listen to The Best Life who have been mm-hmm. like, I'm right there. I'm totally there. Yeah. Um, I do want to just remind you guys that, and we both want to, just that it does pass. And it's so fucking cliche. So I hate saying that. Um, but be okay with just taking it minute by minute and day by day. I think that that was one of the things that got us through. You're going to have all the feelings. You're going to have the loneliness. You're going to have the uncertainty. You're going to have the discomfort. You're going to have, you know, the emotions, the up and down, the big distractions. That's all totally normal. And I think just honor those and know that they're not going to be forever. And we can tell you from experience that it's not going to be forever, but just feel all the feelings. Like you're going to have those moments and endure them, you know, and it just, just get through the next minute, just get through the next hour, just get through the next day, just get through the next day. And the fact that you're even here and listening to this podcast means that you're on your way. The fact that you're even open to this messaging means that you are going to be, you're in the healing process and you're going to be coming on the other side really soon. Yep. Well, 2018 was was good. I'm really excited for 2019. I'm pumped. It's a it's a weird number. I feel that like 2020 is coming. That's going to be kind of cool. But remember what we used to see? Like, oh my god, like in the way in the future, like 2020. 2020. Like it's going to be the Jetsons. And yeah. like 2019 is kind of like a weird year, but I'm ready. I'm so ready for 2019. So I think we're a lot more focused. Yeah. You know, definitely more focused on. Yep. I would love in the Facebook group if you guys have some big lessons that you yeah. learned to post your lessons. So it's at thebestlifepodcast.com and love to see you guys in there and we'll see you we'll see you next year. Woohoo. Bye guys. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.